I, I was, and I kind of remember just like in the back of my head, I'm like, somebody's probably going to like do something with this, or this card could be relevant at some point. Yeah, <laughs> just absolute blowout. Right, like one of the games yeah. was just like flute was mostly a flute win, but the other game yeah. was just like no, like I just played Cinderella one, literally removed every single character my opponent played for the first three or four turns of the game. <laughs> Tip to all your new players: read your cards before you play them, uh, especially before a tournament. I would say. The best card in Amber Steel songs is. Oof. Uh, it's, it's probably a whole new world. Welcome back, everybody. Today we have a bit of a special guest, the winner of the first official Robinsberger constructed event. Joining me this evening is Mr. Dave Pendergrass. I hope I said your name right. I didn't even ask because yeah. <laughs> I'm a terrible interviewer, clearly. But <laughs> how are you doing uh, today, you, sir? You got it right. Oh, great. I mean, I mean, just still, you know, we're, we're recording this on Thursday. and still kind of riding high from from the win on Saturday. Um, yeah, just really excited. Um, you know, for being the first champion is always, uh, you know, kind of a, a cool achievement to to get. So. Yeah, definitely. Uh, it being specifically the first official, right? Like they said it. Yeah. <laughs> I don't care what anyone said on Discord. I don't give a crap, right? RTO stood up on a chair and said, this is the first official constructed event. And we were all like, sweet. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah, a huge congratulations. No, thank you. I mean, it was a great event. I mean, I think we all had a good time. Um, I think we all love the surprise support. Um, you know, I and I think I've said this on Facebook, like, I think it was just a good event. Like all of my opponents were really nice. Um, had a lot of good banter like during games. So um, while it was kind of like serious in nature, like it was good that my opponents weren't taking, you know, everything too, too seriously. So, yeah, we'll talk about the structure of the event uh, toward the end, because I do want to ask you some questions that they're, they're topics, right? But let's get right into the, the nitty gritty of this. Let's discuss um, your deck list here. So, Tell me, run me through uh, your deck list here and like, you know, the ins and outs of the things that you like you, how you came to playing this in the event. Yeah. So, so really like in, in set one meta, I kind of just, I really only had cards for Ruby Amethyst. Um, so like I pretty much played that deck exclusively and in, in set one. So um, going into set two, I was actually able to find product really kind of readily available to me. And I kind of picked up a, a box of set one as well, a couple of weeks uh, before set two came out, um, when like that big, like restock dropped. So, um, I kind of just went into the weekend just saying like, Hey, like in, in our, our group chat, like we have a, a friend group chat that we kind of talk in. And, um, I was just like, I really don't want to play Ruby Amethyst. I'm like, I think the bounce deck is really good. Um, and we kind of like all acknowledge that like the, you know, the deck is still really good and really viable. Um, but I just really wanted to play something different. Um, so like we had kind of tinkered with some Amber steel lists. Um, we had seen kind of like what some people were playing on pixel born. Um, just try to kind of find our way and, and see what people are playing. Um, and I reached out to a good friend of mine, Corey Goudreau, who I, I've teamed with in multiple games and, um, just like a really good friend who I, who I trust his opinion. He built a lot of my decks and some of the past games that I've played, um and he kind of just like you know towards the middle of the week it said hey like if i was going to the event on saturday this is you know the 60 that i'm showing up with um so i kind of took a look at the deck i'm like you know i'm just going through it so you know pretty pretty standard i think i'm like okay like the new cinderella like she's really good um you know the, the queen uh shift character is really good um there's a lot of good new removal you know the new big cinderella she's just kind of like big and buff i was like all right like this deck seems like like a sweet take on kind of, you know, what a new Amber Steel would look like. 
Um, and then I get to the last card and I'm and like, I have to like, literally like I'm sitting there like on my phone, like pinching, you know, pinching the, 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 yeah, the yeah. picture to try to see like, what, I'm like, what does this card even do? So like, <laughs> <laughs> um, so like I zoom in, I'm like, okay, so if you play this on this turn, like you gain one more and I'm just like, kind of like looking at the deck on a macro level. And I'm just like, okay, like this deck is literally like 20 songs, I think. Um, so I was like, okay, like there's like infinite hits on this thing. I was like, that's kind of nuts because you know, if you, if you're, you're the deck's playing songs, right. And like you, you have additional singers with, with the new Cinderella and it's just playing like all the good, like new removal, right. Like, like the storm rage on, I mean, being able to deal two damage to one of your opponent's you know, characters, and then also drawing a card on top of that and then gaining a lore, um, seemed pretty insane to me. Um, so I was just like, all right, you know what? Like, we're just going to kind of ro roll with it. And, you know, I built the deck, um, shout out to D Dave DeLorenzo who let me borrow my last flute. Um, yeah, yeah. It turned out to be like the MVP of the weekend, obviously. And I know that's, you know, the, the card everyone's talking about right now. Um, I actually, funny story, had traded Steve Silverman for a, a, a flute shortly before um, the tournament started. So, nice. <laughs> shout out to Steve for for trading me the last flute that we needed. Um, nice. But yeah, I mean the, the deck, like you know, it just was it was a good take. It was something fresh, something I never played before. Um, I just wanted to go in and have fun. I, at the end of the day, you know, just play something that I was going to have fun with and something that was not, you know, kind of the same monotonous uh ruby amethyst so um that, that's really how i came about to play in the deck and i was like honestly like i just want to mess with people and play the flute on them so like just kind of became a meme like leading up into the week that like i was going to be like the green power ranger and you know play the flute on them and summon dragons and all that kind of stuff so um it's pretty fun group chat i mean it was literally just like a page full of memes of like how we're going to play the flute and like we're going to crush the meta and like all this stuff um and like oddly enough like <laughs> you know i was always successful doing that and i think you know we're just seeing a lot of this deck on pixelboard now so like i'm glad that people are kind of giving it a chance now and you know huge shout out to you can call me al on twitter he, he's really the one that came out with this deck and um from day one i've kind of given all props to him because you know i, I straight up net decked him and you know it, it was obviously really successful and um i kind of just put my blind faith between him and Corey and you, you know, just, just played the deck that I was suggested to. So, so let's actually discuss that for a second. So Corey's a good friend. Yeah. Right. So yep. this, this is a guy you've played multiple games with. Yep. We're, we'll probably go back 10 years or so. We actually right. met at PAX East in 20, probably 13 or 20, in or 2012, maybe in Boston. Yeah. Yeah. So just cause like, I, I think that there's a lot of new players in the game and they might not really get it yet, but how important is it to have, those trustworthy people that you can kind of lean on in those moments. Yeah. I mean, so like I've probably played competitive card games for the on and off for the past 20 years now. Um, and I really, we started the team aspect back in maybe 2004, 2005, where we just started to kind of assemble some of the, like the top players that were doing well at events to kind of just share ideas and deck lists and, you know, just, just kind of share testing results um so like I, I think the team aspect um is extremely important especially in the competitive scene because like at the end of the day it really just kind of saves you time mm -hmm. um because like you can have like one one play one play test group test like a certain matchup or a certain deck that you're trying um and you can kind of come back all together and congregate and, and compare notes mm -hmm. um so I, I think like as 
you know, Laura Connor goes on and like we get the OP announcement next year, um, we're going to kind of see more of these teams springing up. And like, obviously like there exists, you know, pockets of teams across the country at this point. But I think like as more events kind of go on and we start to kind of see like some of the, the familiar names over and over, we're going to start yeah. to kind of see some of these alliances start to build yeah. um, even more so than it is today. So fair, fair. good topics, good topics. So <laughs> let's discuss the, uh, the elephant in the room. You touched on it in a second there. <laughs> Sleepy's flute. So you said it yourself, right? This card <laughs> pops up in a deck list and you had to open your app and you had to like literally yeah. zoom into it and you say like, what the hell does this card do? Yep. It's probably something that I opened like in my packs, looked at it for three seconds, never actually read it and said, this card sucks, right? Like yeah. th- those are your initial <laughs> reactions to a two-cost unthinkable <laughs> item. Yeah. So like, I remember like going through kind of just like, you know, opening like a box on pre-release weekend. I had gone to like two pre-release events. I had bought a box, played in like a booster draft. So like I had like a decent amount of packs that I opened that first weekend. So I think I had pulled about three of these. And like, so I was like going through and sorting cards and like, you know, obviously some of the rares, like you don't always know what they do to, to the full extent. So like, I remember like fanning through this card and kind of seeing it and being like oh like that's kind of interesting like I, I was and i kind of remember just like in the back of my head i'm like somebody's probably going to like do something with this or this card could be relevant at some point um you know it didn't really occur to me to just kind of throw it in amber steel where you're playing like infinite songs and um just gaining you know insane amounts of lore yeah so i think people are going to really overvalue uh the flute when they come and kind of pick up this deck for the first time because really like against most decks you can really just kind of curve out and just honestly destroy them like within turn six i mean there, there were a couple games like in the actual tournament where like i just hit my curve mm-hmm. and there was literally nothing my opponent could do like, um, honestly like, to touch on it for a moment like yeah. i think it happened in i think it happened honestly in all three rounds of the top eight where in one of the games yeah, just absolute blowout right like one of the games yeah. was just like flute was mostly a flute win but the other game yeah. was just like no like i just played cinderella one literally removed every single character my opponent played for the first three or four turns of the game yeah. and then before we all knew it i had like a queen uh a rock star and then like two other characters in play and my opponent had nothing like that's yeah. exactly what you did at least i think in one of your wins and all of your top eight top four and, and finals like yeah so that's what the deck does but, <laughs> yeah i mean like my my round four opponent um really kind of stands out and like i, I i'm I, I don't remember his name but um I, I honestly felt so bad i mean he just couldn't get anything going and i just like beat him 20 to nothing yeah. um and like i legitimately felt bad because like i just hit my curve and like if you if you just curve out like the cinderella into you know whatever it's you drop if you're gonna just play the you know like the the night in training cinderella mm-hmm. i mean that's fine like having those singers on board is really just kind of giving you additional uh ink to play with on every turn so like where my opponent can only probably cast one card on any turn like i can really kind of dump my hand out as quickly as possible Mm -hmm. and then just cast a whole new world and basically like if they can't if i can keep them off the board they can't really commit to the board um and then i just play whole new world which kind of generates you know some artificial card advantage where i'll have you know three or four cards in play plus a flute and then we each we each reload with seven cards I, i mean at that point i'm up four cards right um so so it's kind of like a counter control mechanism when you can kind of commit to the board and control the board and then just play a whole new world. Um, so, so that was kind of my strategy, I think, against most decks. 
Um, so in rounds one and two, I played against um, the Amber Amethyst kind of rushy, you know, play my play my guys that I mean, that, you know, let's value quest. Let's be honest. You're that, those are buys, all right. Like for, <laughs> yeah, I for mean, you for this deck, <laughs> that's a buy, all right. So like, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so like, I was I was a little nervous because like again, like I didn't do too much research into like the set two meta game like prior to coming in, and, and you know, I said it on Facebook, I'll say it again, like wholeheartedly, like. When I sat down for round round one, that was the first time I piloted the deck. Um, you know, we, we wanted to do some testing at the Airbnb on Friday night. We just had a long trip in. It was just like one of those days where like I was just absolutely exhausted and I knew we had the constructed tournament on Saturday morning. So I wanted to get a good night's sleep. Um, so I ended up, you know, first time I shuffled the deck was sitting down round one, mm-hmm. uh, playing against Amber Amethyst. So like I kind of had to take somewhat of a, just like a conservative approach because I didn't really know what the deck do- did. So, but then when I saw like them playing, you know, like the one drop Maleficence, the one drop Lilo's, you know, the, the new Pinocchio, that quest for three, I was like, all right, like, I, I think I just hold back with like my, my super value removal, like, let the storm rage on, grab your swords. And I was like, I, I just don't think I can, <laughs> yeah, there they are. So like, I, I don't think you can really, like that can really do much against any of these cards. Um, yeah. Especially the grab your sword. I mean, that, that's a board wipe pretty much every time uh, against them. And, or I can just kind of draw cards off, let the storm rage on. And, you know, the beauty of the deck is that I don't always have to pay full ink cost mm-hmm. on those cards. Um, but I, I do recall like watching one of your videos where like, you know, you kind of alluded to, I just kind of kept those guys up where yeah. like, I didn't really put them at risk yeah. because at the end of the day, they really kind of just give you additional value to play more cards than your opponent. Yeah. Um, like the singer mechanic is just, uh, I personally think it's like the best keyword in the game. Um, it, yeah. It, just getting value in so many ways, like for like literally like the free cost of a card is just incredible. <laughs> yeah. I, I mean, it just, it just really allowed me to kind of keep my opponent off the board most, right. most games. Um, because like, you know, if they're going to play anything that doesn't have, you know, three, I think it's called willpower in this game yeah, um you know like really like, if they play anything with like three like the only answer i really have to it is strength of a raging fire when you're um, ahead. when you're even further yeah, ahead exactly exactly but i mean like at that point i really have to commit to the board yeah but I, I think in most cases you're you're okay committing to the board against the the ruby uh amethyst deck because like if you make them be prepared that's actually kind of like a win for you mm-hmm. um because like really against that deck you want to keep them off the board yeah. right like your, your ideal progression is to kind of just gain as much early lore as possible um, and I always like had this left the singers up in that matchup because what happens is if you take away their, their bounce targets, the, the right. deck doesn't work. Right? right. So like, if you can kind of keep them off kilter where like, you don't have to let them c- commit to the board and you can kind of just keep maybe like one or one card in play or like, you know, a bad bounce target, you, you know, you're, you're kind of up and you know, they're really on their back foot trying to keep up with you where you're just playing guys. And then like, once you get the flutes kind of online, um, it's really hard for them to just kind of keep up. So right um so talk to me about the queen uh, yeah you know, she's a new card in from rise that whereas i mean three of the cards on the screen right now are all new but like let the storm rage on yeah. and strength of raging fire kind of just like newer better cards for steel songs regardless yeah, yeah i mean steel queen, might have the best removal in the game at, at this point i mean especially tough. when it comes to like it's tough to argue against it, right? Early game, it's definitely steel. Late game, it's definitely ruby. But like, yeah, the, the combination like <laughs> of what you need and what you want is fine all over the place. 
yeah but the queen offered something new to like having a shift two so like all this even if we don't play it like on turn two right like it like it's not even that important it's like at any point in the game if you have a one cost queen in play the next turn you can just pay two and all of a sudden for two resources you're playing cards like grab your swords in a whole new world yeah, I mean, I don't think I ever really kind of shifted her on two and then yeah. sang with her. I, yeah. I mean, re really, like, I think in game three of the finals against Steve Silverman, I literally just went queen on one and then shifted on two and just quested with her. And yeah. I think she got in for, like, four or six lore before he really had an answer because I, I would usually just follow up with Simba. I mean, Simba, probably one of the most underrated cards in the deck where, like, he's just really protecting everything. Um, and I think you, again, you kind of alluded in one of your other videos, like the only time I was really putting, you know, my singers at risk is if I had Simba out there to kind of yeah. bodyguard for me. Like if he has the removal, he has the removal, but you know, they're going to commit two cars to trying to kill line one. So, um, you know, favorable trades all day in that scenario. So like, I'm, I'm completely okay with that, but, um, you know, the, the new Cinderella is probably one of the most insane cards in the deck where she's just singing pretty much every card that, that you can. I mean, yeah, I mean, this line is, is pretty crazy. Um, funny story. I didn't know Cinderella Stouthearted had additional lines of text. Um, <laughs> <laughs> so I love it. So tips all your new do? players. <laughs> tips all your new players. Read your cards before you play them, uh, especially before a tournament, I would say um but yeah the fact that she can challenge ready characters is kind of a, a crazy ability did not know she could do that don't think it was really relevant at any point because the the only thing i the only stats i really care about on that card are that it quests for three um that's exactly I mean, how like, i felt about it when i watched you play yeah it. <laughs> i mean listen it, five 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 ink and it yep. quest for three that's that's great and i mean she's kind of sticky to the board right like the, your opponents really have to kind of use some removal on it um and i mean a lot of these a lot of these lists are not running the dragon fire anymore so um shifting on five really felt fine i mean if they're gonna try to trade into her like please do mm -hmm. i mean it's probably going to be at least a two for one if not a three or i yeah. guess two for two or, or a three for two yeah the fact um, that she survives fine. like a trade with maui is just it's just great yeah, yeah, and I mean, and then you can kind of finish off Maui with like any any piece of removal that you have, um, you know, like kill, killing a Maui and drawing a card is really good, and doing it for free is even better. Mm -hmm. um, you know, like a Ariel, especially, you know, singing for five um, is just like so much value because because really, if you think about it, I mean, that that five is is additional ink that you have really because you know. 33% of your deck is songs. Yeah. So like Ariel can cast 33% of your deck by herself. Literally. Yeah. Um, so like we have a funny story about her. Like my, my favorite movie ever is super bad. So, Oh, we, okay. We, we call Ariel. How old you are and you haven't even told me. <laughs> <laughs> I'm 32. So oh, we're, we're, we're going um, right in the wheelhouse. I'm 34. <laughs> <laughs> so, you know, that was always my favorite movie. And like, we still, like, I still watch it all the time, but like, you know, when the singer mechanic on, came out, but not on FX. No, <laughs> can't watch. On no, FX. no, you can't watch it on FX. No, I, I think I own it on like every digital stream. This is a Disney channel. We need to go. <laughs> <laughs> but there's a really funny part in the movie where like uh, Michael Sarah's character gets kind of into like a sticky situation where he's confused for this, this guy who's, who's Jimmy's brother, the mm. singer. Oh yeah, yeah. So every time we call her Ariel, like the singer, like it's Jimmy's brother. No. Who's that guy? Hi, 
I'm nobody. No, 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 no. I know you. He, he's Jimmy's brother, the guy, the singer. Nice. Um, so, you know, I hope that kind of sticks on with, with everyone. So, like, if, if you play an Ariel, that's Jimmy's brother. I like it. Um, we'll, we'll have to get a, a link to the to the clip of, uh, you know, Michael Sarah singing. You're, uh, you're, 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 you've you already forced me so, twice to edit in things in this video that I normally don't do, <laughs> but I feel obligated to. So, it'll be there. It'll be there. Yeah, perfect. Please. I mean, so, like, yeah, we're playing Jimmy's brother is great. I mean, having little Jimmy's little brother there, too, is, is perfect in Cinderella. Mm -hmm. um you know we value those cards very highly um nice. so like yeah i mean in certain cases especially you know it comes into mind in the finals like making making steve kind of commit to the board or commit to the the be prepared was really kind of my plan um so i, I really kind of just like tried as much as i could to keep him kind of off kilter um saying when necessary you know shifting when necessary um, really the game plan is is kind of just comboing out and and getting as much early lore as you can and then really kind of just setting up the flutes and and playing the flutes and, and the final turns uh, being able to get two or three lore without having to commit to the board is, is really strong all right so let's talk about the elephant in the room <laughs> yes so a whole new a world whole new room. from literally the moment that it was spoiled in chapter one uh, people are calling for the head of this card. Uh, they think that it's going to be the first card banned in Lorcana. You know, sorry about that. Uh, you just won, you know, uh, you just won the first official event of mm -hmm. Disney Lorcana through Robinsberger Constructed. And you had a whole new world in your deck. And it's safe to say that that card played a huge role in your victory, honestly, throughout the whole day, I'm sure, but definitely even in the yeah. finals. Yeah. What are your thoughts on a whole new world? Uh, you know, and do you think that there is any world in which if there were a card being banned already, could it be it? Um, I would say probably like if there's, if there's one card that people want to see go, it's probably that card. Um, you know, we were kind of joking it before we, we had the cameras rolling, but like it's, it's, it's really the best removal kind of in the deck, which, which is kind of weird to say. Um, but like, I felt, I found myself casting it a lot when, you know, my opponent either like bounced a goat to their hand or, or kind of took like a valuable card back to their hand, whether it be like a lady Tremaine, mm -hmm. um, you know, you know, the, the Ruby Amethyst deck. And like, I don't think we touched upon it, but after those first two round buys of like the, the Amethyst Amber list that I just don't think can be the, the steel, the steel decks at all. Um, I did exclusively play against Ruby Amethyst. So like, I, I don't really have any kind of experience with this deck against other, other matchups, but yeah, I mean, against the Ruby Amethyst specifically, it's, it's really the best piece of removal you can play because, you know, in a control deck, you're always kind of thinking about your next turn and like what, what, like what, what cards like you, you need to kind of combo out and, and achieve what you want to do. Um, and kind of keeping them just like off balance, like just constantly playing a whole new world. Like, you know, if you're watching the finals, you just kind of see me dump my whole hand out. Um, play, play cards are free with like Ariel and Cinderella and then like just completely reload. Um, so like I, I end up having a big board and they have, you know, maybe like one or two cards and then they have a fresh hand. Um, but like really any kind of time that a valuable card went to hand, I'm just casting whole new world. Um, and, and like really round one or, or game one against Steve, the, the first match I dropped um, in the finals was kind of just, 
I just kind of didn't hit it. I, I really over kind of committed to killing an Arthur, which, you know, I think it was the correct play to kind of take this high profile card off the board. Um, knowing things can kind of get out of hand if he is able to start kind of questing without really having to commit too, too much to the board um, or just kind of getting double value on like his goats and that kind of stuff. Um, so, so I kind of use like two removal spells to take it out. I'm just kind of banking on after seeing 14 cars through my mulligan that I would just kind of draw into one of the whole new worlds. Um, and unfortunately I didn't really see them or I kind of saw it late in the game. Um, so like it, it was tough to kind of keep up because I kind of, you know, was still on the strategy of dumping my hand out as fast as possible, but not being able to draw cars. So I kind of just like lost a card advantage in, in game one of the finals. Yeah. Um, so the card is obviously insane. Um, you know, you have Ariel that can sing it. You have the Queen. You have Cinderella. You have, am I forgetting one? There's probably another one that I'm kind of remembering already. Um, yeah, I mean, Stitch. I, I, Stitch can also sing it. Yeah, uh, I, I mean, to, to be honest, like I don't think I ever sang anything with the Shift guys at all. Okay. Um, you know, with those kind of being like your your high value questers in the deck, you know, if I was if I was exerting those cards, like they were they were gaining me lore. Sure. Um, you know, let let Ariel do all the heavy lifting at five. I mean, she's casting anything in the deck. That's mm -hmm. that's really what she's there for. She just sits there with her three her three willpower and pretty much does whatever you need her to. Um, so she was really kind of just like the you you know her along with like an early queen is really hard to stop right now from, yeah. from what I can see. Yeah. Um, even at only three willpower, she kind of just gets in there um, and quests early. So like there were a couple games where like, I just said, you know, I'm going for it and just played queen on two mm -hmm. and just, you know, got as much lore as I possibly could with her. And I, I, I felt completely fine. Um, you know, obviously rockstar is still, still good. People have forgotten about that card, but you know, he, he shifts on four, he quests for three and he draws you cards. I don't really think there's anything else that you could possibly ask from him. So yeah, <laughs> um, he does pretty much about all you need. So yeah, I have to hard not to agree there. So yep. let's, let's play, uh, you know, a little bit of a game here. Yeah, you, sure. We kind of just gave everyone a straight up TLDR about the decklist itself, but yeah. I'm going to say a sentence and then you're going to repeat the sentence, but give the answer. Sure. Cool. So the best card in Amber Steel songs is. Oof. Um, it's, it's probably a whole new world. Um, just, just being able to kind of like kind of reload your hand and, and just get more ammo to kind of go at your opponent. I, I think really just kind of is too much for most decks to handle at this point. Uh, again, like, if if you don't curve out, you can really kind of just reset your entire hand and and get a, a new look. Um, and chances are, like if you're if you're digging for cards, like you're gonna find the answers you want. Um, and like I, I've heard some like some chatter of like how I drew godlike or whatever in the finals, but I mean like the deck cycles so much that like eventually like you're bound to hit the card you need um, just because you're digging so much. So. Um, I, I've, I would say that's probably the best card in the deck. I mean, there's a lot of good ones like flute, obviously like against Ruby Amethyst is a great card, but really I, I think a whole new world kind of really lets everything work together cohesively. Fair enough. The one card I hope my opponent doesn't have is. <sighs> that one's tough. I mean, I played, you know, like five of the same deck. Mm -hmm. So like, and I mean, I mean, every, every opponent that I played had Amethyst in their deck, right? <laughs> 
So I saw a lot of Amethyst cards. Um, I would say probably the most annoying card that like I always tried to, to target early to not let them kind of go off with it was the goat, the Merlin goat. Um, just because like I want to be, I want to be the one that's able to gain lore without interacting with you. I don't want to let you do it back to me. So, um, I would, I would have to kind of use either two pieces of removal, which I think I only had to do one time, which was nice. Uh, but most of the time I kind of held strength of a raging fire for that card uh, just to kind of blow it out because like pretty much every card that the, the Ruby Amethyst deck is playing is bouncing something back to their hands. So like mm-hmm. things can get, a, get out of hand really quickly. Um, so I just kind of used a lot of high priority removal on, on the goat. So after the event was over and I had one, the one card I wish I cut would have been. <laughs> it was easy. Zero to hero. <laughs> I, I mean, the, the worst card in the deck. You know, like the original list, I think, was ranked four. I was just like, absolutely not. Um, <laughs> you, you know, I, I, I don't know. Like, I, I should have cut that card completely. I, just being like a non-ink and then like not doing much. I kind of feel like it's a it's a win more card in most cases. Um, and again, like against like the the Ruby Amethyst deck, like after after they be prepared, like you don't really have to commit to the board as much. I mean, if if I, if I'm given the opportunity to kind of shift into a Cinderella and quest for three, like I'm going to do it all day. Um, but yeah, ha- having to recommit to the board like in the late game is just—it's just really not worth it. Um, s- since the tournament ended, I've kind of already cut those cards. Um, kind of testing out the two Benja right now for the mirror, since I imagine most people are playing the flute. Um, so like being able to play your own flutes and your opponent not having flutes is probably what a lot of these mirrors are going to come down to, I would imagine. So um, I think the ability to remove your opponent's flute is probably pretty good moving forward. Fair enough, fair enough. If I were going to an event this weekend, what deck would I play? I would play in the flute every time. <laughs> I, I just think I think it just has a solid matchup across the board. I mean, uh, you'll probably run some more mirror matches now, which is probably the deck's toughest matchup. But I think across the board, like it's pretty it, it has like at least a decent matchup against most things. I don't think it really gets blown out by by any certain deck. Um, and if it does, like you know, maybe we just haven't found it in the meta game yet. Um, from, from what I was told from the, the deck originator, Al, he, he said like the, the red blue popsicle deck is kind of its worst matchup. Mm-hmm. Um, but I've been hearing stories all week about how people are kind of just like wiping the floor with that deck. Um, and, and again, it just, it doesn't have a, a favorable matchup against the Ruby Amethyst, which is literally just everywhere, obviously. Um, so like, I, I don't know how many of those can survive kind of with all the Ruby Amethyst floating around. Um, so yeah, I'm, I would probably still play the amber steel you know cut the cut the two zero to heroes and and play the benjas or play four be our guest whatever you want i mean even be our guest like it, it was fine like do i do i wish it was something else potentially but like do i want to mess with kind of the curve of the deck and um yeah you know, i mean it's count? like yeah like how valuable is a turn three aerial I, I mean that's that's yeah i mean that's the best right color, so like right? even if, it's okay if your turn two is be our guest to find Ariel because like it's fine. your it's deck fine. is so yeah. good at recovering that even if your opponent has some early game aggression by turn four, you can literally just grab your swords and whatever else is necessary to like catch yeah. up anyway. And and I think that's really kind of what the, the Ruby Amethyst that kind of lacks right now is just like that burst ability where like the Amber steel, like if, if I, not draw you i not draw you like it, it's it's pretty much over i mean again like my round four opponent 20 to nothing um i think i won a game 20 to nothing in like the top in the top four as well where like 
there was just literally nothing my opponent could do. Like I, I hit my cards, I kept him off the board, and I right. just like quested until he was, you know, done. At, uh, turn six, turn seven. I mean, yeah. be prepared wasn't even a factor. It's just like you, you've lost the game by turn seven. So yeah, um, it, it just kind of has like really good burst. I guess is is the best way to put it. Where like you can just kind of have these big turns where like you know if you have like a couple guys on board. <laughs> you know, you're going to quest for four or whatever. And then like three flutes, two flutes, whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, it's just, it's just extra lore that you're just kind of getting there and putting your opponent on a clock, whether or not they can interact with it. So. Fair enough. So past the tournament, um, the one conversation that keeps happening is how did you feel about the best of one format? Um, I thought it was fine. I mean, um, would it be my preferred method? Like moving forward? Probably not. But um, the best of one was fine, like in terms of in terms of time, mm-hmm. um, you know, like people are going to say, oh, I lost the die roll. So I lost the game. I mean, th- there were games where like, you know, for instance, I won the die roll against Steve for the finals and I dropped game one on the play mm-hmm. and I came back and, and won. I mean, and then I won game three, like on the draw, like in an aggressive deck. So like it, it can be done. Um, you know, you just have to kind of know like what your mulligans are, like what's your what's your better line if you're on the draw versus if you're on the play. Um and obviously casting a whole new world a bunch of times helps. So um, would highly recommend doing that if you can. So <laughs> it's okay. Playing the best part of the deck with me as often yeah. as you can. That seems fair. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> yep. <laughs> so for anyone wondering, uh, Dave, where, what, what, what's your past like in, uh, in card games? Yeah. So I've actually played a couple games um, from Steve and Ryan, um, to be honest with you. So, um the first game i really played heavily into the competitive scene was dual masters which was you know back in 2004 2005 yeah um was able to to go to the the continental championships there like as like the 14 under bracket or whatever which which was pretty cool and i got to meet a lot of a lot of cool people in, in the scene back then and um then 2013 2014 they or 2012 rather they rebooted dual masters into kaijudo and that's really kind of where i kind of made my my name for myself in the competitive scene um, I was able to qualify for three of the four Kajudo championships, which had, you know, no more than a hundred invites go out. Oh, okay. Um, and I was able to top eight my, my first championship, um, which, which was really, you know, a cool experience for me. Um, and then recently after Kajudo died in like 2014, I went to force of will for a little while, um, had some mild success. I, I was able to almost top eight, uh, a GP. I think I bubbled the X one one on like some heartbreaking tiebreakers, um, playing a really sweet deck actually similar to, to something I was playing in Lorcana. So, um, and then after that I played Arjun Saga, which only lasted, I think for like six or eight months. Yeah. It didn't last very um, long, <laughs> but <laughs> I was able to, I was able to get my invite to nationals for there. I think I played in five regionals and I top eight like four of them. So, um, you know, just, just having some like local success um, across the board. And I've kind of been out of card games since then. Uh, I didn't really intend to play Disney Lorcana. Um, my friend Corey, who I mentioned kind of at the beginning of the video, who told me to play this deck was, was really the one who was like, Oh dude, I'm playing this game. Like just play. It's pretty fun. So like, I was like, all right, like, you know, what? if you're in, like I'll come into the game and, and we'll see what it's all about. Let me know. Our friends are know, so great, right? They just, yeah. <laughs> like, yeah, like, <laughs> yeah, it's like, Oh, come spend money with me. And I'm like, all right, yeah, let's do it. You know? Yeah, It didn't take much, much convincing. Yeah. Um, and it was funny. It was like a funny inter- interaction on, on Twitter. And somebody was like, just sell blood plasma to, to, to fund your card games. I'm sure. like, Oh yeah. Like, yeah. <laughs> absolutely. I will, you know, like 
So <laughs> luckily I haven't had to sell any plasma yet. That's um, good. It's good to hear. And, and you know, after, after kind of winning the event, you know, I'll definitely be able to kind of keep investing in the game. So, um, you know, I already have like my, my set three, you know, cash aside and, and ready mm-hmm. to go for that in March, which I think we're all super excited for with uh, the new locations coming. Um, I think a lot of another aspect to the game to kind of add to the experience. So looking forward to that as well. I agree. It was a, f- a very unexpected release information out of nowhere. Yeah. It's it's, yeah. Like, field, yeah. <laughs> you know, like we, we haven't seen like any of like the recap from PAX or like, I know they took like a bunch of video. They took a bunch of pictures. Yeah, like, they, they took a, like, I don't even know anyone knows. We didn't <laughs> talk about this. They took so yeah. much content. Like, yeah, there was a guy. Yeah, hopefully we get to see camera. that. Too. There yeah. was, they have all the deck, li- nothing. I had a, you know, yeah. hard I had to work to get everyone's deck list. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I mean, like I-, I would love to see all the content. I mean, like they're, they're around like all weekend. So yeah. Um, hopefully that's coming out sometime soon. Like I, I think everyone would love to see it and, and yeah. you know, get to be included in the action. So. Well, sir, thank you very much for joining me this evening. It was a pleasurable conversation. I hope, I hope personally it was informational for everyone else as much was for me. Uh, hearing the story of, you know, your event, how honestly, how you succeeded with the deck, maybe giving people a little bit more of an understanding of like how they're supposed to play against the Ruby Amethyst this matchup. Yeah. Because a lot of people were convinced that this deck shouldn't have succeeded in that particular <laughs> matchup. But I, I mean, mean, I watched, I, it, I watched it win a top eight <laughs> playing like, the same deck three times. So I, yeah. I, saw it for a <laughs> I mean, like I, it's it's heavily favored in that matchup i mean it's probably 70 30 um i I mean obviously in swiss i didn't drop a game being best of one um you know i went 4-0 and then double drew into the top and you know people are going to have their opinion on that whether you're for or against it i mean at the end of the day it's in the rules so it's in the rules and you would be stupid not to use the rules you know like i I like math and i I like when you take the sure thing so um So, so that's what we did. And, you know, obviously it worked out for me. And I think of the four of us that double drew in three of us made the top four. So, um, I think Toby was the only one who lost. So, you know, like, obviously like our decks, you know, for anyone saying that was the best of one format, like, you know, we, we four owed Swiss and then, you know, we, we all made the top four. So like, I, I think, you know, we were, you know, some of the, some of the best decks there in the room at, on, on Saturday. So, um, yeah. yeah like you gotta just you, you can't really get hung up on it. it was best of one like at the end of the day you know the better player with the better deck is most often going to win there's there's an yeah. element of rng but you know you just kind of have to do the at best the end of the day, the whatever the rules given. are to the tournament is what you plan to play in so exactly like, so like, i didn't even know it was best of one i mean yeah sure. luckily i showed up with a deck that like has a lot of help to fix it to fix its draws um you know, like, but I mean, most of the decks in the room can do that. I think. Right. I mean, the, the, I mean, any the, amethyst deck has the same ability. <laughs> yeah, I mean, like, you know, they're playing friends on their side or Maleficent, or and, you know, they're playing the rabbit. Yeah, okay, the rabbit. I, I forget which one draws cards. I know yeah, one yeah, yeah. Drew cards, but um, yeah, I mean, like, you know, like you gotta have ways to kind of sort out and smooth out your draws, and right. you know, having a mulligan in this game definitely helps. Um, I think the mulligan's like really good, so. Um, one tip I would give on new players is, 
you know, I kind of reevaluated how I mulligan. I really just kind of sat down the cards that like I definitely want to keep because I, I felt like I was keeping cards like, oh, this would be great ink. This would be this would be this or like I can I can curve into this. I think you kind of just got to be like you, you got to know kind of which cards are favorable in your matchup and which cards are not. Obviously, it's a, a bit harder in a, in a best of one tournament where like you don't exactly know what your opponent is playing. Mm-hmm. Um, but like you should kind of have like a stock. It, it's almost like you know, you're playing a football game or like you have your, your base defense, but then you have specialized packages. Um, so I think you, your mulligan kind of really depends on that. So where like, you need to kind of have like, okay, like these cars are generally good in every matchup yeah. or, or like you have like a, like a good curve where like, you know, you can just kind of play queen on two and start and start questing. Um, or like, you know, you're going to save like, okay, like I got the stitch. So like, I'm going to, I'm going to go the rock star line. And like something we didn't even talk about with the deck is like, just, just having like all of this shift bait out, like your opponent never knows which, (laughs) which one you have. Right. Cause like there, there were times where like, okay, like I had a queen in my hand, um, or I had like a stitch in hand and I had like a queen and a Cinderella on board. It's like, okay, I'm going to play the stitch even though she's like statistically the same as the queen mm-hmm. knowing that my opponent now has to try to pick which one I can shift into. And, and like, I, I have all three shift targets available for me, um, you know, just to kind of play some, some games there and make your opponent guess. And um, so like, you, you know, there's, there's definitely a lot of nuances to the deck. I highly recommend checking it out if you haven't already, um, you know, I'm I'm interested to play other matchups with it again. Like I only got to test it against two different decks, and it felt really strong. Um, but definitely a fun deck. I mean, if you know, drawing cards is, is always fun in any game, um, and being able to kind of just aggro your opponent out where where there's literally nothing they can do is really fun too. Eh? So if you get the opportunity, I would say test it out and and give it a go. So I think you'll have a good time. I think you did a hell of a people, hell of a job selling people. On it, uh, in my <laughs> That's opinion. a great list. I, I mean, again, all all props to Al on on Twitter. Um, you know, he, he really did a great job with the deck and I have no regrets playing it. There you go. Well, thank you so much for joining me this evening, sir. And, uh, you. if you guys enjoyed the content, make sure you check him out. If you want to, do you have a, a spe- specific place people can find you? Are you a Twitter guy? Oh, uh, you, you can, I'm on Twitter. It's uh, at paved undergrass. Um, there you go. It'll be in the link. <laughs> yeah. I'll put it in the description. Yep. Don't worry. Yep. So feel free to add me on Facebook or send me a message. If you have questions about the deck, anything, you know, I try to get I, on Saturday, my phone was blowing up. So some people did reach out, um, didn't not get a chance to respond to everyone. So I apologize. Yeah. Um, but you know, if you need some help or you have questions or, or whatever, feel free to reach out. I'll be doing my best to help you out. There you go. Well, thank everyone for watching today. If you enjoyed the content, smash the like button. And of course, make sure we follow Dave. Send him a message. I Just bug him, clearly. He, <laughs> he said bug him. It's fine. No, but all fine. honesty, thanks for everyone hanging out. Thank you, Dave, so much. And we'll catch yeah, you guys. Yeah, thank you for having me. All right, thanks.